It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The 2023 NFL season is in the books, and while the Bengals came very close to their goal, they didn't quite get there. So what can we learn from last season's Super Bowl teams that the Bengals can apply next year to get back to the greatest height of the sport? You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team... Every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. Together, we are the Lockdown Bengals podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, bringing you coverage of your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. So hit the subscribe button on YouTube if you haven't yet. Hit the follow button anywhere you get your podcasts and you will be notified. Content will be delivered when we upload every day. Today's episode of Lockdown Bengals brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown to get started. James, the Super Bowl is in the books at this time of the year. Like I said on our pre-Super Bowl show when we recorded before the Super Bowl had occurred, one of the things that we would often do at this point would be to look at these teams, how they got to the point they got to, and say, what lessons can you take away? And for the Bengals, I think there are fewer lessons than there have been in previous years because I think there are only a handful of teams that could have won the Super Bowl this year. I still think the Bengals are one of those teams, especially with the way that field played and the way that nobody rushing the passer seemed to be able to keep their feet and, and that was certainly one of the scarier things about the Eagles team. But there's still some things that you can take away from the teams in the final game of the year. And one that I've noticed is generating some conversation is, well, at least according to our friend Andrew, PFF Andrew, the, the Penny Sewell-Jamar Chase debate back alive. And that's not what we're going to do today. But we can talk a little bit about the construction of the Chiefs in particular, the Super Bowl victors with Travis Kelsey and a bunch of not top 15 weapons. Sure. Yeah, you could. 
And and this can be the blueprint that I hope 30 NFL teams take, uh, just not the one that we cover daily here on Locked on Bengals. And in 31, if you want to include the Chiefs, but something tells me that they'll uh, continue to get into the dynamic receiver market mm-hmm. and in the weapons market. By the way, they traded for Kadarius Toney in midseason uh, to, to hopefully – you know, fill some of that role that Tyreek Hill left behind. Why? Because Hill's really, really talented. But and what a play it, he had! It's, and what a Tyreek sold roles on special teams. On special teams, and then he obviously had the touchdown where you or I could have scored. And and that's the part of this that I think people are are missing. And look, last episode we talked in the past couple. We've talked about Brian Callahan and Zach Taylor, and uh, you know the continuity on the coaching staff, especially on the offensive side. Hopefully it continues with Luana Romo. We'll see there as we record this on Monday evening. But to me, the reason it worked for the Chiefs is because Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, and whoever the hell else you want to give credit to schemed up some things where either of us could have made the throws to Sky Moore or uh, Kidarius Tony, and we certainly could have ran the ball in because there was no one within like 10 yards of either guy. And it was just a masterful uh, example, a masterclass of, of just play calling and scheming guys open and getting guys open in the right spot. And yeah, they have Travis Kelsey to use and they, they have some other weapons, but Patrick Mahomes couldn't ask for much more. So I think that's the difference. And there are only so many Andy Reeds, and clearly I, I thought it might, might've been his best coached game. I mean, they balled out in a way that uh, I wasn't necessarily expecting, especially when they were down 24-14 and it felt like the Eagles were in control of that game. They were in control of that game. Chiefs offense came to play in the second half, and we could talk about the trenches a ton, uh, but uh, I think a big part of it had to do with with scheme and play calling. I think it did, but the, the great equalizer to me in this game was going to be Philly's front four. I thought they were going to get after Mahomes at every single spot. So one, credit the Kansas City offensive line, right? The the Chiefs made a conscientious effort to invest in the position. They made the right choices in the draft. They got great play out of their tackles in this game. They got great assistance from the worst playing surface we'll ever see, I hope, in a Super Bowl because that was truly atrocious. The cut-ups of Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick just slipping trying to turn the corner constantly is embarrassing and, and a black mark on the game. But that affected both sides, of course. That affected running backs. That affected Patrick Mahomes. It affected the quarterbacks at, at times. It affected wide receivers. So that affected everybody, right? But it was a really well-called game for Andy Reid, especially in that second half. I, I just think that the, the the inability for the Eagles to finish pressure or get that quick pressure that they've had that they're accustomed to. And I know Patrick Mahomes is great at avoiding pressure, getting rid of the ball in a timely fashion and all this stuff that let Andy Reed and Patrick Mahomes do whatever they wanted to do. He was very sure. clean too often. So was Jalen hurts for that matter. This is a game where both offensive lines were really good and both offenses scored a ton of points. So I do think that there's something to be said for quality offensive lines, but it's obviously never that simple. You have factors like Andy Reid and the skill players for the Eagles and the speed of the quarterbacks 
bum ankle or not for Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. And the effective running game of the Chiefs as the, as the Eagles just lived in nickel for the whole game. So there are all these other factors that go into it. Sure. But it does come back to the offensive line pretty consistently. And when we're covering the Bengals the way we are, it just makes you want more from the Bengals up front. Sure. I Look, I get it. I understand it. And we'll see what the Bengals do this offseason. The offensive line's a, a huge topic. Take three Chiefs linemen away or three Eagles linemen away. I mean, that's the part of this where it's comparing the Chiefs this year and their offensive line to the Bengals at the end of the year when they played the Chiefs. That's not the equal comparison. Comparing them to the, the, the Bengals line to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl against Tampa Bay when they were down three starters, mm-hmm. th- that's closer. And I think the Chiefs were in, in worse shape than the Bengals, to be quite clear. But uh, in that that year and, and using that. So there's no perfect comparison here. But I I don't want to go overboard with the offensive line and pretend that the Bengals' offensive line sucked all year because they didn't. They just That's got true. beat up and lost. Like, they lost guys. And there aren't many lines that can deal with three starters being out in the postseason and win two playoff games, one on the road, and then go on the road again and be a drive away. And I just – I get it. I'm not saying don't invest in the offensive line. I just think it's it's wild for people. If they do have the narrative of, man, it's another year and the Bengals still haven't. Well, yes, they have. They did address it. Was it perfect? No, it wasn't perfect. They're still trying to catch up from bad drafting of offensive linemen. And Cordell Wilson was the first step at that. They're still going to have to draft well uh, in that offensive line room for the for the foreseeable future to turn things around. And by the way, that's why the Chiefs, we're able to retool things so quickly. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if the Bengals can can do that in April. So that if we want to talk about that, sure. I totally agree that that offensive line wise, with anybody out there that's that's thinking that, that the Bengals need to invest in the offensive line and continue to grow that position group. And a big part of the Chiefs' success, like you said, is hitting on offensive linemen in the draft. Andrew Wiley at, at right tackle, even playing well, but but Creed Humphrey and Trey Trey Smith, the highlights there. And imagine if the Bengals had just just drafted those two guys. Creed How different was right there. 46. How different would it be? They picked Carmen. Yeah, I totally agree with you. It would have been – if you would have taken Chase and Humphrey, picks one, two, after taking – in the first three rounds – and you could add, what, a side of that if you want to because mm-hmm. he's he's been good. But if you do that a year after taking Burrow, Higgins, and Logan Wilson – I mean, that would probably be the best one through three in back-to-back years that they've ever had ever, and it's been two years for, for yeah. that 21 class. Yeah. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. Uh, more lessons, though. More, more topics, I should say. They're not necessarily lessons, Larry. They're not necessarily lessons from the Super Bowl, but they are topics for conversation that we can get into. Like, how important is it for the Bengals to go get a high-end tight end? And uh, again, coming back to Joe Mixon, some discussion around aggression on fourth downs and should they spend more money on the offensive line? These are all things that we can continue to talk about as we reflect on the year that was in the NFL. So we'll continue to do that coming up next. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. When you're at your best, you can do great things. But sometimes life gets you bogged down and you may feel overwhelmed or like you're not showing up in the way that you want to. Well, working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of you because 
and you feel empowered, you feel more prepared to take on everything in life, and you're more prepared to take on everything that life throws at you. And if you've thought about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. All you do is fill out a questionnaire, and they're going to pair you with a therapist that fits you best and you could change therapists at any time. So if you're not gelling with that initial therapist, it is uh, no problem. You can find the right person uh, to help you. And like I said, all it is is a brief questionnaire. And if you want to feel more empowered and live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. So visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today get, to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash locked on. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Let's start with the tight end conversation, James, because Mm -hmm. both of these teams in the Super Bowl had really good tight ends. Well, one might be the GOAT. One might be the GOAT. I I mean, there's certainly an argument there, and there's always reasons he buys with these sorts of things, but he's right up there if he's not the guy. He's up there, which is crazy. I I, I wasn't – I was at his pro day way back in 2013. I never thought that he would be in that conversation, but hasn't slowed down. Is clearly their best weapon, and um, just wild how the impact he has every, every week. It's a testament to the nature of the position as well. Travis Kelsey is picked at the top of the third round, coming from a small school, didn't have great size, had good size, not great size coming out of UC as measured at the combine, but had really good explosion in his testing numbers, okay agility, not incredible agility, and obviously has worked incredibly hard. Mm-hmm. And is a very and developed into a very smart player, very savvy player over his years, 10 years now. Right in the NFL drafted well, in 2013, and he was a quarterback early on in in college, and so they they moved him to tight end, and so it, the the learning curve, right, and just not being targeted a ton. His his quarterback was Munchie Lego, so it wasn't like that was a an offense that was putting up huge passing numbers. And I'm not being mean to Munchie, but it took him a little time to develop in the NFL, and I think part of it was just lack of use in college. And uh, having Andy Reid certainly helps. Dallas Goddard, another hyper-athletic tight end with mm. above average, not great size, who had some injuries that he dealt with early in his career, was behind Zach Ertz, certainly, couldn't line up in line early in his career. And, and both of these guys really are, are best used as receivers and not as blockers. When are the Bengals going to be the team that drafts the hyper-athletic tight end? This year. Mm-hmm. This year. I, I really do. I think it's a deep tight end class, and I don't know when it'll be. Maybe it is. Maybe the the guy you're thinking of, and I'm not even going to name names, even though, of course, 
There are people that are thinking of certain names, maybe a Notre Dame tight end at the at the, the top of uh, or at the first round if he falls past the top of the first round and into the Bengals at the bottom half um, or at the end of the round. But if it's if it's not him, there's plenty of tight ends that they can grab, and maybe they go the route that they did with Uzama and Croft, where they draft two depending on what happens in free agency. I would not be shocked at that at all. If it's a deep position, that's that's an area that they could use. So they need it. And, and they need it because it, it just opens up things offensively. And, and when you have a guy like Burrow, much like a Mahomes, certainly Hurts has benefited from it. You see how how offensively, what a difference it could make, especially because I don't know how long you're going to have Tyler Boyd. He has one more year left on his contract. And so getting another younger weapon uh, in the mix is is certainly something that, that would be nice, especially because you're right. It does take these guys some time to develop in, in most instances. And, and you're probably not finding a guy that's Travis Kelsey, like never bank on getting a guy that's Travis Kelsey, especially after the catch. He, he's a very special player in a number of ways. His ability to get open, his consistency as a receiver, his – run after catchability, I think, is, is the thing that really separates him. But if you're looking for, like, the hyper-athletic guy this year, that seems to be Luke Musgrave from Oregon State. Uh, not necessarily uh, the, the Michael Meyer Notre Dame product, although he's very productive. Mayor. Good lo- Mayor. Mayor, yeah. Pronunciation of names, season, James. Yeah, I just – he's he's from here, so – I'm sure some listeners would, would be just, mad if I didn't fix it. That's all. They're just so mad at me all the time. Don't know the Cincinnati guys' names properly. Michael Mayer from Notre Dame, not necessarily the the freak athlete at the position, though, but a guy that you could line up in line and feel comfortable with that. More refined and as a blocker, a little bit I bigger. Could see him, I could see him falling, you know, if he doesn't test out of this world and surprise that way. And you never know. I mean, you know, it's on their radar. It was on their radar last year. It was. They, they wanted to draft the tight end, and it didn't quite go their way. And it was a shallow class last year. I mean, it's mm-hmm. this lines up with the need. It really does. So does so does running back. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, get to it. Strong looking running back class. Mm-hmm. And when you look at Super Bowl teams, and you look at the highest paid, or sorry, the the leading rusher in the Super Bowl. Going back to 2009, locked on zone Marcus Mosher with the tweet, the highest paid Super Bowl leading rusher in the last, what is that, 14 years, 15 years? I don't know how math works, is Percy Harvin. Now, this is on the team that was paying Marshawn Lynch, but Marshawn Lynch was not the leading rusher for the Seahawks in that game. So for Super Bowl winners... You don't pay running backs. Marshawn Lynch accepted. Mm-hmm. And if you do pay running backs, they're not your leading rusher in the Super Bowl. See Marshawn Lynch in 2013. So we, we've talked a lot about this topic with Joe Mixon. And, and I do want to point out, and I also tweeted about this today, the Bengals, according to PFF, have one of the lowest rushing yards expected in the NFL this year, bottom three in the NFL. So just another thing to consider when we're talking about Joe Mixon's stats, the Bengals weren't necessarily doing him any favors in terms of, you know, yards per carry. Mm -hmm. But we've also talked about the cap number and the offensive philosophy of this team and the need to be more dynamic and explosive. And just look at Isaiah Pacheco last night, right? 
in, in the Super Bowl for an example of what that element can look like. And, and Jack McKinnon. In, yeah, Jack McKinnon, of course. But huge part of what they do. Yeah. You're looking at that rookies, and in one case, a rookie, a late round pick, or low dollar contracts. Mm-hmm. None of the running backs in that game were huge investments for their team. And Boston Scott is, is a fun one for Philly. It, it's made some dynamic plays. Obviously, he's not an every down runner. I could totally see the Bengals going this route. And if there is a blueprint, cheat like the, the Chiefs have shown, it's that. It's maybe you just have a a trifecta, a trio of running backs that that alternate and fit really well with what you do inside your offense. And you know, one guy that does that is Samaj Piran. So could that be one of the three? And then you go from there. Would it be a Travion Williams? You bring him back as well. Do you think that Joe Mixon is willing to take a pay cut? Are you really willing to bring him back for that money? I wouldn't be. I just I think that that's the, the, the cost analysis versus what you're getting. I think you can find it elsewhere, especially in a deep running back class. Maybe end up drafting two. I'm not saying they draft one in the first round. I know Bengals Twitter has debated that. I don't think they necessarily need to do that, and we can talk about that in the future. But I, I certainly think that uh, tight end, running back, speed, athleticism, I think they'll be able to find that in this draft if that's what they're looking for. We have the duo, really, of the veteran minimum Jarek McKinnon and the seventh-round pick. And, of course, they recently spent a premium draft pick on Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So – can Clyde edwards Lair be the post? I, I, I think he has a year on his deal, right? Or maybe yes. two. He's got one left. So, so I don't think they would if, cut him. They won't cut him, right? They might. So so is that is that your Jarek McKinnon equivalent for the Bengals, right? Your, your post-hype? I, I, I'll break the news right now. If Clyde edwards Lair is available, I would expect him to end up in Cincinnati. This, maybe I'm this, wrong, but... I would expect it, not not think that there's a chance. I would expect it to happen. Like if he becomes a free agent, not a mm-hmm. trade. The mm-hmm. Bengals aren't trading with the Chiefs. I don't mean that. Could, could be the Bengals version of the Jarek McKinnon and then a seventh-round pick or a sixth-round pick, and then you bring Samaj P. Ryan back for that veteraniness. Is that a plan? Maybe. I don't know. There's a lot of ifs there. Maybe a third or fourth rounder. Maybe it's a second rounder. They mm-hmm. love second-round backs. But they do. That, that CEH, I know he gets along really well with Joe Burrow. So you never know. We'll uh, we'll continue though with some of our other Super Bowl takeaways. Look at us just talking tight end and running back. This is offensive show. I love it. But uh, some more of our Super Bowl Fifty Seven takeaways coming up next. But today's show is also brought to you by Built Bar because if you're looking for a delicious treat and you don't want all of the fat and calories that come with most of them, well, you got to try a Built Bar. I talk about them all the time. You know it if you listen to this show. Built Bars are the number one protein bar on the planet. High in protein, low in sugar, low in calories, and they taste like a candy bar. So you don't sacrifice taste, you're not sacrificing health, and well, you're getting that protein punch you need, whether it's midday in between meetings, whether it's after a workout, whether it's after your latest podcast episode, or maybe just after or while you're listening to Locked on Bengals, you need to grab a Built Bar today. And whether you go to built.com to order your built bars or your nearest Walmart or Sam's Club. Oh, that's right. You can get them in store today as well. Make sure you check them out now and thank me later, Built Bar, the number one protein bar on the planet. 
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Got another one of your favorite topics, James, to kick off our conclusion to this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. Receivers. Let's go, baby. We, We hit on this a little bit early. The Chiefs. You know, they, they got Juju Smith-Schuster, they got Kadarius Tony. they have some budget options, as it were, mm-hmm. at wide receiver. They have Travis Kelsey, of course. They have Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. We've talked about all that. The Eagles drafted Devontae Smith. Yep. Traded for A.J. Brown. Yep. And both of those guys made massive plays. Yep. And were huge parts of the reason that that, that offense took off this year that Jalen Hurts took off this year, that the Eagles were in the Super Bowl, that the Eagles had a chance to win the Super Bowl. No doubt. And that's it's why if the Chiefs had kicked the field goal and the call didn't happen that happened, then there's a real good shot that we're, think, we're seeing overtime or maybe they go down and score. Maybe they mm-hmm. score and the, the Mahomes gets the ball back because the Eagles have scored so quickly. Like and We have 18 seconds I, all over again. Maybe, right? I mean, I, I wouldn't rule it out. And so that's – the crappy part about that call but anyways yeah that's the part of this where you, you could talk about lines and all of that but the thing that the Bengals have certainly gotten right is what they've put around Joe Burrow at the receiver position and tight end has been fine but can you do better than fine maybe we'll see if they do that this offseason running back has been I would say below average especially compared to what your the, the resources you're allocating but receiver they've nailed it and Titans fans, well, you should be crying because Ryan Tannehill is never, ever, never, ever, ever, ever going to be able to overcome not having a thousand weapons around him. He needs all of the weapons. He needs the most weapons in the history of the league, and then you'd have a shot. Well, you just got rid of your best one, and he made a hell of a grab in the Super Bowl. And when that happened, I was like, man, they are rolling because Devontae Smith was getting going early, and then it was Goddard, and then the deep ball to Brown, and it was just the full – allotment of weapons obviously hurts was was doing things uh, on the ground as well and making plays so they're a dynamic offense and it was uh that was a heck of a trade and that is why if i'm the Bengals, i'm certainly doing everything i can and i think they will but i'm doing everything i can to keep t higgins and jamar chase and joe burrow together that trio together long term mm-hmm. and maybe the rest changes right but if you have those three guys and you have that core right maybe they do become a 12 personnel team right and and you have your two two dynamic alpha wide receivers outside you invest in the tight end position a little yeah. bit on rookie and, deals yeah no doubt and, I could and, see and you that. get that new running back blood in there you figure out your running game a little bit because it's not just running back that's a problem for the bengals it's also just the run game on the whole just needs to be better. And they found some of that efficiency as the year went on, but it wasn't just the running back was a point I was trying to make earlier when I was talking about rushing yards over expected and the fewest expected rushing yards 
for this Bengals offense. But you're right, James. I think that there's another great argument in this game to keep those guys. It shows that there's multiple ways to build a team. And for the Bengals, what works and what works with Joe Burrow is having those outside dominant number one type receivers in Mm -hmm. Jamar Chase and T Higgins. And they bring different skill sets and, you know, another feather in the cap of keep both of those guys, which is a pretty easy argument to make, especially because they, they still have space. I know Burrow's contract is coming and T's contract is coming and Jamar's contract is coming. They still have space for a short-term solution at right tackle. And then they need to hit draft picks. Like we said earlier, they need to hit draft picks on the offensive line. You can't have what they've had since 2015, 2016. They need to get back to drafting the Kevin Zeitlers and the Andrew Whitworths and the, you know, the the Eric Steinbachs and, and Clint Bowling. Sure. We'll take those too. That, that kind of player. And so that's what's going to be important in the draft in the future. But, yeah, I mean. And maybe Jordan, difference. maybe the next Jordan Shipley. Maybe uh, maybe find a slot machine. Could you imagine Jordan Shipley? Which people are going to be like, are you kidding? He got injured and was never the same. And he's pretty good that rookie year in 2010. Imagine him catching passes from Joe Burrow in a healthy two, you know, in year two, year three, it would be pretty good. So it would be similar, probably a bit worse than Tyler Boyd, right? Yeah. I'm just saying shifty slot, shifty slot receiver. Yeah. They're going to have to get cheaper at some of these spots. Mm -hmm. That's why we talk about running back. It's not like I don't like Joe Mixon. Be great if Joe Mixon's on the team. Not saying that for the price, you look at the price and you're like, ah, was it worth that? No. The answer is no. And can they and spend so, that money elsewhere and be better? And, is, and I'm not knocking yeah. Boyd either. I just I don't necessarily think he gets extended if they plan on extending Higgins this offseason, Burrow this offseason, and, and Chase next offseason. That's all. That is the the business aspect of it. That is the zero co- the zero sum game of the salary cap that we talk about with some of these other places they'll need to spend money. What were the FanDuel odds on Jordan Shipley being mentioned in this show? Because whoever had whoever had them, whoever wagered on that, just made a lot of rich. They're rich right now. That's like a, at least at least ten bitcoins. I don't know what a bitcoin is worth right now. I'm trying to be fellow kids here. Uh, who, it's a lot of money. Who, who was their first round pick the year they drafted George Shipley? You remember? It's okay if you don't. You said it was 2010. Yeah. Was 2010 not the AJ Green Andy Dalton draft? No, Jermaine Gresham was there. Their first round. Oh, was that, that was 2011. Green and Dalton were t- 2011. Yeah. Okay. You're close. I was just thinking. Yeah, I was. I thought it was a trick question. I thought. You no. <laughs> uh, a couple other. Well, one other big takeaway for me in this game is one: never punt, and two: if you have to punt, hit a good punt. The, the Eagles choosing to punt when they're trailing, and I know they're deep in their own territory. They have a, they're fourth and two, I think. They haven't mm-hmm. been moving the ball great in the second half. They're losing. There's 10 minutes left in the game. He's been great at going for it on fourth down all year, has Nick Sirianni and this mm-hmm. offense and that QB sneak that nobody stopped, including in this game, all year. And then they punt. And then they hit a Drew Christman quality. Sorry, Drew. Uh, Drew Christman in the clutch in the AFC Championship game quality punt against the Kansas City Chiefs that Kadarius Tony takes back and and essentially mm-hmm. wins the game on the spot. And the Eagles get back and they tie it, of course, but really puts them behind the eight ball. 
they they kept themselves in third and fourth and short the whole game, and then they were aggressive and went for it early and often. And that was a huge reason that they stayed in that game the way that they did. Because the Chiefs would have gotten off the field several times on, on third down if the Eagles weren't the kind of team to go for it on fourth down all the time. Who else was taken in the 2010 draft? Two notable Bengals. Uh, you're... I, I know, I know you're not focused on it. I'm not trying to make you look silly. I'm just, I, I think listeners would would want me to mention this one because one just got a ring. Carlos Dunlap was their second round pick, in between Gresham and Shipley, and then Sergino Atkins in the fourth round. Yeah, what do those guys have to do with this? I'm confused. We're just talking about the 2010 draft. I, I just figured I would mention it. Just, just to, like I'm, I'm like fully thinking about. Fourth down decision making. Two of the best and, draft picks in Bengals history. I mean, Gino might be the best. He's so great. So okay, but did you hear the stuff about going for it on fourth down? Sure, absolutely okay. did. Did you? Right. I heard you. I just wanted to to make that. Well, you're about just, to to send us out here. I didn't have to necessarily react to that. You you made your point. I get I it. thought there was going to be some special teamer in there or something that was going to be relevant that I wasn't thinking about. I don't know, man. No, 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 no. I just. Man, if you mention Jermaine Gresham and Jordan Shipley, you can't not mention Dunlap and Geno Atkins in the same draft. That's just rude. <laughs> it was one of the Bengals' better drafts, for sure. That didn't feature a number one overall quarterback, which they've had two of. Obviously. Atkins and Dunlap obviously played. I mean, Gresham was a two-time Pro Bowler, but Gresham that's the was argument. Not like a terrible player. He's, He's just fine. it was a first-round tight end in a draft that had other really good tight ends. Yep, the injury part of it. Uh, he was. I don't think he was as athletic. As, as they were hoping he would be post-injury. Anyway, we're, we're going two go separate on, directions. Go for it on fourth down. Let's go. <laughs> there it is. Invest in the trenches. Go for You're it on fourth me. down. Don't overspend it running back. Have good weapons. Get a tight end. Is that everything? The other thing yes. that I want to throw in, just a, a quick throw in <laughs> at the end, is Lou Anarumo is apparently a finalist for the Arizona job is yep. continuity on defense does matter. We saw Steve Spagnuolo's defense do what Lou Anarumo's defense did all year and find ways to adjust in the second half when they needed to to make big plays to win the game. And those are two of the longer-tenured defensive coaches in the NFL. So we'll see what happens with Lou. Yeah, we'll see. I, uh, yeah, we'll see. It's, it seems pretty much uh, really up in the air right now. And uh, wish him the best at the same time, man, if you bring that entire staff back, that would be nice too. So we'll we'll see what happens. I think we'll know by the next time we record. We'll probably know by the time we publish this episode, because that's the way this business tends to work as we're about to hit publish at about 7 15 PM Eastern time, give or take on Monday night. We'll see when we get those decisions Uh, for the Arizona coaching job. We'll certainly talk about the fallout for the Bengals either way. And we appreciate you listening again to an episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We've got to get into the draft in the near future. we got to get into free agency some more as well as those are the next stops free agency about a month away, considering February is a short month, March 15th, new league year starts. And we're on to 2023 until next time. Bengals fans again, thanks for listening. Who day and have a good one. Hey, prime members. You can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? 
Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.